You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast, episode 118 of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm talking with Business Applications MVP Jesse Navaranjan. Everybody, this is Christian Buckley doing another MVP Buzz Chat, and we're talking today with a brand new business applications MVP, Jesse. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me here. So, people who, who don't know who you are, where you are, what you do, why don't you give us that background? Yes, of course. So, yeah, I am Jesse. I became a business applications MVP last December. Um, my expertise is really in the Power Platform. I love all things Power Platform, so Power BI, Power Automate, Power Apps. Um, those are my bread and butter, really, and I've been speaking in the community for a number of years, started my own YouTube channel, and then, yeah, now now I get to hold this title as well, which is great. I'm really so what privileged are, to have that. Yeah, it, it's great to, to expand the, the community with, uh, get more Power Platform people in. It's because we do, like with the live stream that I do every Monday morning, we do at 8 a.m. Pacific, um, we occasionally get questions in. Like today, we had somebody who was an expert, Power Apps and Power Automate expert, and was able to answer a couple of questions. But typically, we all just kind of look at each other like, you know, <laughs> kind of know if it's if it's a question about moving data from SharePoint or it's Teams related or, or what have you. But um, yeah, so what are some of the common questions that you get about the Power Platform? I think to your point just there, like what often happens to the Power Platform is it's great at doing kind of what it needs to do, but us as developers using the tool, we often come up with workarounds and that's the case for a lot of these kind of things. Um, so yeah, like I think when you're trying to connect to data that isn't like a standard connector, then obviously you need to build a connector and that's quite a common thing that comes up or data types. So if you're using like, let's say an image or something in a SharePoint list and, and you want, I don't know, let's say for argument's sake, a PDF is probably fine in a SharePoint list, but something that isn't quite the norm, right. that's where the tool gives you everything that you need to do it, but it just requires a bit more work. And you're not gonna find that on like the documentation, et cetera, you're gonna find that through content that people have posted really in blog posts and videos and people that have gone 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 through those challenges before well that's like anything now I, I i and maybe it's just because we're so accustomed now to purchasing things online like if i'm going to go i do research even on some i find myself doing research on really basic things which really doesn't matter you know the the quality of stuff but then we'll go and get like the yelp reviews or the amazon reviews or something to find out what other people are doing but like we talked about today as an, as an example of wanting to go and tap into the community of buying um, audio and video devices to work with teams, for example, like you want to do your homework, you want to find out just because it's brand new, it's the latest, greatest, doesn't yep. mean it'll work with all of those things. So I imagine it's, it's the same thing where, you know, most business solutions that people are trying to develop, they're probably not they don't need to go reinvent the wheel like similar scenarios have been done out there yeah definitely and i mean the tool is always growing as well like i think a lot of the common questions we also get is is all the new stuff so you've got kind of a mixed reality in power apps and you've got you know all the ai features that you can use in power apps now and you've got pva which is you know relatively 
still quite new. So using those Power Virtual Agents, which are basically like this chatbot that you get on the on like a website. So if you go on and someone's like, oh, hey, can I help you? And it's actually like a chatbot behind the scenes. Um, RPA as well is massively growing. So the robotic process autom automation. So that's all the kind of desktop automation that you can do. So yeah, all the newer features are definitely getting a lot more traction um, I've seen over the last couple of months or so. Well, there's been uh, yeah, some incredible um, IoT, you know, powder automate stories that were created like yep. in manufacturing operations, like that, that world. It's just some really cool stuff. Yeah, it really takes the uh, low code, more power to more code, even more power. <laughs> so I think it's really building now. So what kind of stuff are you writing and speaking on right now? So mixed reality is something I'm speaking on a little bit this month in particular. So Power Apps, uh, they went public preview with their mixed reality features. So essentially what you can do is you can measure stuff in your space. You can grab 3D models and actually um, interpret them in your Power App. And then through a mobile device, you can then put those objects in your room. So that could be like office furniture or just like Pokemon or, you know, something, something for a bit of fun. Um, you can also kind of place like cubes. So for example, if you went to like Ikea or somewhere to get a desk and you knew the kind of rough measurements, you're like, you know what, I need about like a meter by meter by meter to fit this in my room. You can now easily do this on a power app and then just drop it in your room and figure out if that's going to fit, which is pretty awesome. I've heard of people actually using this. Um, a colleague of mine was saying that he used the app to basically figure out if um, the desk would like fit through the the door to get yeah. it into the into the house and it's yeah it's, it's great like, that was a, a to, to demo be able to do that i think like two three years ago microsoft when they first kind of introduced that uh they they demoed that and it was they used an example in a factory of this like two ton piece of machinery and it wasn't yep. just a matter of hey find a place on the floor will it where it would fit but they actually had to think about which hallways how would they actually get it to that location which is really important. But I, I, I just assumed that stuff was out and available, but I guess you know, making it available and, and make it you know, something that you can work with within Power Apps is something that is brand new. Wow. Yeah, definitely. It's the power apps element. I mean, mixed reality has been around for quite a number of years, but the fact that I can now click a few buttons and get this on an app is just, yeah, very, very powerful. Yeah, my first thought was, you know, any anytime you have like a, you know, a, 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 like an interior designer that needs to have that. Yep, definitely. Awareness. So yeah, that, it, that is a great. Yeah. Really yeah. The other thing that I've been kind of like exploring a little bit more as well. So as I mentioned, I have a YouTube channel and I try and touch on the different parts of the platform. Um, and my kind of real kind of bread and butter is canvas application. So model, model driven is something I'm exploring a little bit more. And in particular, Power Apps some offline capability, like I have a few videos on there um, on offline capability, it definitely seems to be more of a, a drive now. Um, and, you know, Power Apps is heading kind of in that direction of trying to keep everything offline where possible and, and model driven. Yeah, is, is definitely a space that I'm working on and creating videos on how to build your first model driven application, because it can be overwhelming now that you have, you know, you've got Canvas applications, you've got model driven applications, you've now got uh, power apps portals so for someone starting out in this space there is a you know a lot of information to to take in so that's a piece of content that i'm also working on in the next couple of weeks so that should be out soon 
Well, that's one of the questions, I think the most common questions that people ask is, you know, where do I even get started? I mean, so you've been in the space long enough that you, I'm sure, have an opinion on that. Where do you recommend that people go to get, to really get started versus just go and kind of find their way? I mean, I guess that's the natural place for people to start is like, hey, I have a business problem that I'm trying to solve. What have other people done in this area? And so they learn by, you know, modifying what's already, what already exists that's out there. And that's one way of learning. But where do you generally point people? Yeah, definitely. I mean, whenever anyone asks this question, I say it's so hard to just learn from a textbook or from a course, like the best way to learn is by doing so figure out a business problem and try and solve it. Having said that, of course, there are lots of really good resources out there. So you've got Microsoft Learn, which has a, a lot of great kind of videos and tutorials on there and a lot of content to go through. You've also got the certifications that you can try. Um, and they're really useful because they just give you a very kind of basic fundamental knowledge it will definitely at the lower level of the certifications and they build up as well so you can definitely kind of take that path um, I'm actually doing a bit of a certification drive at the moment where I'm just going back to some of the fundamental courses and it's great even even having worked in that space for you know quite a number of years I'm still learning um, which is yeah amazing just to just to do that. I think videos, YouTube is amazing. Um, really great YouTubers out there. So for Power BI, Guy, Guy in the Cube is great. For YouTube, um, for YouTube, for Power Apps, um, I really like Shane Young's videos. And there's a few others out there as well who produce some really great content. Um, but yeah, those are, and you've got App in the Day and uh, Dashboard in Day and those kind of courses as well, which can be really, really useful. Yeah, you're seeing more and more of those kinds of uh, workshops at events as well. So it, there, I think there's still value in, uh, uh, you know, the, or will be again in the in-person. Yeah, and going I, I do. Yeah, I do really miss it, actually. I remember a couple of years ago, I think I attended Flow in a Day or Introduction to Flow. Because yep. um, there's always a, a day one when you first started this. And I went along to that Flow workshop and they give you like a, you know, a bunch of modules to do and you kind of work through them. It's just not the same online as <laughs> people like drift off. They're not really paying attention. Um, so yeah, it can be a lot trickier in this space and fingers crossed we get back to live events and live um, seminars and things pretty soon. Yeah, there's a, there's actually a push. There's a, a, an event happening in what, in two weeks in Orlando, Florida. Um, that's going to be like the, the first it's hybrid, of course, but right. it'll be interesting to see. But I think that they're saying that they have like right now, like 300 people that are registered to be there in person. Amazing. And then we'll probably have another thousand or 2000 that are, you know, just in the, you know, online only. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where still kind of iffy. We have, you know, next week, it's our first user group where we're back in person. Awesome. So that is incredible. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know if you saw, like they, they just lifted, you know, well, the CDC came out and said, you know, hey, if you've been vaccinated, don't need to wear masks. And so, you know, the, the user group just kind of immediately followed up with, I'm on the board for that. So like provide feedback, yep. you know, but uh, said, hey, you do not have to wear a mask. The office, they don't have a policy if you are vaccinated and recommended just like everybody else. If you're uh, not that we want to make this whole conversation about, you know, uh, the masks, but, uh, you know, if you've not been vaccinated, continue to wear a mask, please. But, <laughs> but yeah. it'd be great to get back into the swing of things, see actual human faces again. Yeah, definitely. That, that buzz and that networking is, yeah, it, it's quite different online. So 
looking back but looking forward to just networking and learning as well like every time I, I go to a session or involved like participating or presenting just speaking to the other speakers or just listening to other sessions yeah you do learn so much as well so if, yeah, if anyone that's actually looking to learn bear with the online events they're still good <laughs> but hold your fingers really crossed for the uh well, that's why I always well. say that, like for yourself, you know, like to reach out to people that you see, if you like a video, if you have questions, like do not be shy, especially if there's somebody who has an MVP in their title, um, reach out to them with questions. Uh, so that's something I'm always happy when somebody reaches out to me, DMs me on Twitter or sends me an email, finds my email somewhere, reaches Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yeah. Question. Those are some of my favorites. Yeah, absolutely. And like Twitter, I mean, I basically started Twitter a few years ago, primarily for the power platform, like it's so powerful as a tool to connect with people. But yeah, absolutely. If someone kind of DMs me, I'm always happy to help. And um, sometimes I may even end up recording a video of it because I'm like, oh, this is a really good question, actually. <laughs> Let me just answer it. You've just given me an idea. So. Well, that's, that's the yeah. thing too, for those that are bloggers. It's it's uh, like, uh, so I, we were just talking this morning, we have a list of any question that we can't answer during our live streams for our open Q&A, we take as homework. And I've got a yep. list of several that are, I've gone in, researched some of them, I'm waiting for answers back, but I'm planning to make the responses back. And I'm really just acting as kind of the, you know, the, the, the front page for all of the, for the feedback from other experts out there, but then go and write up a blog post, point to the different experts where the answer came from but great yep. blog content in answering questions. Those are some of my most highly trafficked blog posts are when it's a direct community question yep. and input. Yeah, and the Power Apps community forums are also a great place to find answers. Um, what we were talking about earlier, like all these things that people come and the, the common queries that people come up with, it's just business problems that you know has resulted in, in some kind of obstacle. And yeah, quite often you'll find that Power Apps community forums, yeah, they're great. Um, so yeah, do urge people to check those out as well. They're really good. And then of course, stuff is changing so quickly. Like you mentioned, going back and going through the certifications that you already have and yeah. that knowledge. But part of it also is that a lot of those courseware, like they'll make updates based on the latest, greatest. Yeah, I mean, they've completely changed. Like, you know, the I'm actually going back to like Power BI Basics at the moment. So I'm looking at a DA100. And I know all the practical stuff. I know most of the theory stuff, but there's still kind of like new things that have appeared um, in the toolkit that I, I may not have known. Um, and the exam, like I took the 787, which is the Power BI, um, I think it was developing Power BI dashboards or something a couple of years ago anyway. And this is the new um, course that's been developed. And yeah, things are constantly changing. So whenever you do come across material and videos, it's very, it's very important to check that it's still up to date because it's, you know, rapidly improving as well. Um, and yeah, on, on, I was just like, just rambling as well, thinking about other things. So I guess in the platform as well, what I've kind of seen a shift in organizations as well is people have had Power BI or Power Apps or Power Automate in their organization for a while, but now it's, it's really shifted to how do we take control of that? How do we do the governance behind who actually has access to these tools? Who, how do we make sure the security is set up in the right way? How do we get our ALM pipelines to, to deploy correctly and, and taking it to the next level. It's almost um, it's almost backwards in a way, like a bunch of reports and apps are now being built and we're like, oh no, we need to control this. <laughs> so there's a lot of that going on in quite large organizations as well, I've seen. 
Well, that's usually the case though. I mean, I always make a case for like, uh, you know, uh, in your know, collaboration platforms is a great example. And that you have as more people collaborate, you get more and more sprawl. So site creation, yeah. websites, documents, other lists and libraries that are generated out of that. And then they're left as the organization matures, moves past that, usually too fast. They don't go and clean up. And so that's where then you start talking about governance and security. So while it's great to think like, hey, before we get it started, we're going to lay out all the policies and procedures, put all the governance in place and, and everything will be well. The reality is like very few organizations are able to do that uh, and they don't really yeah. work. Yeah, definitely. And that's where some of these like, you know, I, I work at consultancy and the consultancies are really learning from some of these things that have been done in the past. And now you see a lot of consultancies coming in and starting with the governance, like, well, let's not get you to Power BI just yet. Let's do all the governance first. Let's get it all in place so that we have a very neat structure going on and everything is, is managed um, as best as possible. And also, we're not just talking developers that you know do this as a full-time job. Obviously, this is my full-time job. I live and breathe the Power Platform. You've now got a lot more citizen developers who do this in their free time. Like you could be an accountant who just thinks, hang on a sec, if I just use a Power BI report, I don't have to keep loading this Excel file anymore. It, it will just like run itself. And yeah, and that, that is really powerful. To build this, but I could actually go and build something and change the view if I want to modify it. So a little bit of knowledge gets you a lot without having to go through the formal IT request process as well. That's kind yeah. of the vision of the Power Platform. That's That was the idea, I think. Definitely. Yeah, and it, and it really still is. Like, I think at that point, obviously, the consultants move out and you've now got the organization on their own. But I think that's, I think that's a bad thing. I think it's it's great, actually, because you, you've done the job that you intended to do. So, I mean, I started off my career at Heathrow Airport and I, yeah, I used to use Excel. Um, can you believe it? <laughs> and it got to a point in, in kind of my career where they it had introduced Power BI into the organization. And if I didn't take on Power BI and start building reports with Power BI, I was like, I feel like I'm going to lose my job. I don't really know what's going on. They're telling me I need to use all these tools. And so I did. Um, and I loved it because I basically automated my entire job. And so all I was actually doing at that point was actually finding insights. So part of my role, um, I did a number of different reports. So part of it was looking at like, immigration stats. And before I had joined and started using Power BI, uh, part of the core functions was just to build the report. And that was it. Every month, you just built the report. But now I didn't build the report. I pressed a button. I didn't even press a button. I just scheduled it. And so I could just focus on actual insights. And that's where, yeah, I think the real business value and impact is. That, that's kind of a, that's a great lesson in, I think, a kind of career tra trajectory. Not be fearful of, hey, I'm going to go and design myself, I'm going to solve this problem, then I won't have a job anymore. What you want is the job that you're able to do after you've proven that, solved that that issue. Definitely. The reality is that, like I've, as a consultant a couple times, but I've, where I've managed myself out of a job, where I went and solved the problem that I was hired to go and do. And then yeah. they said, well, yeah. hey, we've got this other operational. I'll be like, no, that's, that's not a fit for me. I came in to do this and I then I'm done and I you know, kind of leave, but I've, I've had that a couple of times where, you know, been able to go in and solve that issue and said, I, I come from a project management background. And yep. this, what really needs to happen is this broader scope, this broader view of solving this. And it, it, 
both times that I did that, it was to create more of a shared services organization that went and then instead of solving that one-off problem was going and finding and solving these problems for multiple organizations. And again, yep. limited skills yeah, project management person that that's the path that I found myself on, but most organizations, they, they kind of find themselves in that scenario. Yeah, definitely. And like at the end of the day, if you've made a difference, you may be out of that job because you made a difference. But I don't think it's a bad thing because that's that's what drives me anyway, is seeing that difference in the client or in the customers. That then being able to get more insight or employees of an organization, you know, stepping away from that manual process. That's that's really powerful. Yep. That's, that's one of my favorite things too, is that, well, because at the end of the day, you don't want to just be, have an ongoing process. You never see the end to it. You, you want to feel that accomplishment is like, we started here with the goal in mind, the goal may have shifted, but here's what the end product was. I delivered on that and let's move on to the next thing. And, and so I, I think there's just something kind of basic about wanting to have that kind of start middle ending of you know, projects of, you know, that, that we work on. I think it, it it's a key to us being happy in roles. Is yeah. Yeah. And I think with the, you know, with the power platform, it's great because it's repeatable. It doesn't mean that you can't take that kind of process that you've used or key learnings and then apply it somewhere else, completely different branding, you know, whatever it is that's changed in that. But it also gives you the chance to be creative. Like when you are you know, designing a Power BI report, it's not just data, it's about the visual elements. It's how you um, set things up through the theme. So in, in Power BI, especially you can set up these themes and then actually use them across different reports. And then in Power Apps, you've got all the UX elements. So how do you make sure that this is um, aesthetically pleasing for the user and a good user journey and all those things um, make it really exciting to work with. And something that's really important as well is accessibility in all the tools that we build and Power BI Power Apps, they all have things that help um, developers make them as accessible as possible. Um, I mean, something, someone told me this a few weeks ago, which I just, it just blew my mind. And I was like, wow. So like red and green, we often use them for bad and good, but a lot of people are colorblind and can't see red. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't think about it. And that's terrible. <laughs> for years and years, I probably have been using red and green on, on charts. Yeah, very important. Yeah, we we actually we ran to the, this is a long time ago, but uh, created yeah. the SharePoint dashboard. So prior to all this technology being available, where it was um, arrows. So it was not only color yeah. code, so easy easy visualizations, but we did that intentionally had arrow up, sideways for neutral and down yeah. for the color code for those the visually impaired. So yeah, it's it's great when you think about. It, it, Sometimes you forget about those kinds of basic things. And Definitely. the reason why reaching out to the community and getting feedback on something, being collaborative in the way that you build something. But yeah. I mean, Power Apps, Power BI, they're all um, available for use by screen readers as well. So you can set up the tab order. You can make things bigger. You can even change the color palette if you wanted to um, for someone that couldn't see certain colors. Um, so yeah, it's it's great that it has all these tools. It does obviously take that little bit more effort, but it's it's yeah, incredibly you know good to be to be implementing these on on the products that we build. Well, especially when you run into somebody where that impacts their their lives. I mean, it's there's some really inspiring stories 
again, if you just go kind of the mainstream solution and don't stop to ask those questions, um, then you might miss those opportunities to go and meet the needs of truly everybody in the organization. And they're, yep. they're usually not massive. It's not like it's an architectural change to go in and to make some of these, these adjustments. So, yep. well, Jesse, really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk today. If people want to find out more about you. How do they get in touch with you? Where do they find you? Where are you most active online? So I'm Jesse Nav2 on Twitter. That's J-E-S-E-N-A-V2. I also have a YouTube channel called Jesse's Power Channel. J-E-S-E apostrophe S power channel. So yeah, do check out my content and thanks so much for having me. Great. And we'll provide great. all the links out on the blog as well. And yep. uh, we'll uh, hopefully see you soon at an event uh, in person someday, somewhere. Hopefully. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks a lot for your time. Cool. Thank you. Wow. Wow.